Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grave podcast with your hosts, Sonny Ormond and Jane James. Well, hello everyone. We have some exciting topics to discuss on the show today. Bras, suspender belts and liberty bodices. Remember those? I hope you heard that, because if not, pin back your lug holes, because we are chatting about hearing tests. Oh, and also wonderful women who have been inspirations in our life. Lots to talk about. Here's Janie! Well, I had a bit of excitement in the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, bought a pair of tights. Mm. Uh, you're not sounding impressed by that, Sonny. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm interested. What colour were they? <laughs> well, actually, I just buy three different pairs because it's so long ago since I've worn tights that I can't yes. remember what colour or what size oh, I need. Yes. And um, yes, I haven't yet tried them all because I don't. I don't really wear frocks. No. I've got an occasion where I need to wear a frock next weekend, hence right. the need for tights. Right. Um, and I haven't worn any for a very long time. Oh. So, yeah. So, so, so why have you not tried them on yet? Are you a bit, have you got an aversion <sighs> to this then? I mean, it's been too cold. Oh, I see. Yeah, yes. a bit too cold. So, yeah, it's a bit drafty, really. Yeah, mm. yeah. Plus, I, you know, I think if I take the jeans off and I look at the varicose veins, I might have a bit of a, a, bit of a nasty fit. Um, well, put your sunglasses on when you do it and you'll be all right. That's a, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It got me thinking mm. about underwear. Yeah. Um, did you, did I make up, were mm. there a thing called Liberty Bosses? <laughs> Liberty body. No, you did not make it up. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I had several Liberty Bodices when I was little and they were cream. What colour were yours? Um... Dingy grey, probably. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm sure that I'm sure they were white. I'm sure they were white. Yeah. Um, but in junior school, that sort of age, yeah. Yes, kindergarten. That's absolutely it. Yeah, I yeah. can yeah. I can see the, the Liberty Bodies now, and it, it sort of had little buttons on it. I think, if I remember correctly, as well. But it was they were quite thick, weren't they? They were thicker than a than a vest. They um, were quite thick, and apparently, um, because I did actually, I say, did I make it up? But I did actually Google it. Oh, did you? I, I did. There were some mm. interesting sites that came up. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I discounted them and yeah. uh, went with Wikipedia. And apparently the reason they're called liberty bodices mm. is that they were providing liberty to women who'd worn, who'd had to wear corsets. Oh, how interesting. And, yeah. So and they, they sort of replaced ha- it, did they? Did they replace the they corset? They did, particularly for the domestic staff because... It was difficult for the domestic staff to do the cleaning when mm. corseted up, and mm. they kept very, uh, unfortunately, kept sort of fainting into the coal scuttle. So, oh yeah, because they were too so tight, the li- they couldn't breathe. Because they're too tight, they couldn't breathe. Oh so, the Liberty, the Liberty bodies. bodies. How very interesting. Yeah. I didn't know the oh. origin of that. You see, you do you wear yeah. these things, don't you? And you don't question it at the time. Well, you wouldn't when you were four. Let's face it. But that no. is really that is really interesting. But, you know, I wonder what happened to them, because certainly yeah. by the time I went to secondary school, there was... Yes, you're right, no sign of a liberty bodice. No, oh. there, there wasn't. Um, there were the, the the Navy knickers, I remember, at, at, mm. at school. Do you remember the Navy knickers when you used to do PE and things like that? You always had to wear your, your statutory <sighs> Navy knickers. Um and, More um, like bloomers, weren't they? I well, they were. They were huge things, weren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
yeah, yeah. No, but that is very interesting about the Liberty bodies. Yes, I don't know because yeah, I do yeah. have this vision of, I was very tiny. I think I was kindergarten when I wore them. But mm. yeah, I don't remember them even when I was sort of seven or eight or nine. It was when I was very young, I remember wearing yeah. them. They must have gone out of fashion, hasn't they? Yeah, I, I'm thinking I must have been five or six. So I don't know what we wore instead. I mean, vests, I vests, suppose. Vests, I guess. But just, just an ordinary vest, wouldn't it? Uh, a ladybird vest or something. But, ladybird vest, yeah. yes, from the co-op in my case. Well, that's where we used to get all my school uniform and everything from. I do remember the co-op. And from I was fascinated the, from the co-op in, in, in Mucklesfield, which is where I come from, oh. um, in Cheshire. And, um, but I was fascinated. We used to be fascinated when we went in the co-op because the, the, the way that they paid, do you remember that they used to put money in some sort of container and then they would send it up oh, in a chute yes. Yes, to somebody yes, yes. in a finance office and then they'd send any change back down in the chute. Do you remember yes, all that? I do. I do remember that. And I used to love going in the co-op yeah. for that very reason. Because it was a big cooperative store. You know, it was one where yeah. they sold everything. And I can remember my mother buying hats. And these hats came out of these huge drawers. These huge drawers would be It was like magic. And these drawers would open and these wonderful hats would come out. Yes, I can remember. <sighs> and getting the gabardine from there as well. But gabardine. yes, um, yes, underwear has changed, hasn't it, really, I guess. Well, thank God, I think mm. we must say. Because, well... I I hope you won't mind me saying this, but I don't know if you had a problem with bra buying as a young person. Oh, yes. Because, yeah, because between mm. us, let's face mm. it, we've got enough, well, we've got enough bosom to equip a chorus line, haven't we? And, <laughs> we do, um, really. Yeah. yeah. And I remember when I was a teenager and into, well into my 20s, really, that the only way, the only place I could get bras in my size was to be taken mm. by my mother, well, not in my mm. 20s, but in my teens, to... <laughs> horrible sort of haberdashery and drapers shops yes, yes you're absolutely right my first bra came from one of those places oh, absolutely mm. yeah and they were vile mm. were yours vile yeah they were they were and, and like you you know I, I I had to get a bra at a relatively young age and mm-hmm. um yeah they were they were horrible and you know you you were sort of measured up weren't you for these things and oh. they, they 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 were horrible things actually um yeah yeah, they weren't now. But then also, I remember, uh, do, do the I before tights because tights were were quite revolutionary. Do you remember we used to have to wear stockings, nylon stockings? Well, I did as well. In my, I'm talking about early teens, and I remember Me being too. given a suspender belt. Do you remember the suspender belts? Ugh. Which I know I think... sounds sounds terribly exotic, but they weren't. Were they, they were, when you were not. about sort of fourteen or fifteen, and you had to wear these things, and they were so uncomfortable, and they cut into you. And oh, they I did. hated those things. They were horrible. They were mm. vile. And the stockings, they were almost always American tan. Were yours American yes, tan? absolutely. Yeah. And we used to Foul. get them from the same haberdashery shop and yes. they would sort of produce these boxes. Do you remember those little boxes? Yes. And they'd have yes. different sizes, wouldn't they, in different colours. They would. I can, I can see they would get them out of yeah. these drawers. Yeah, extraordinary. And they were, mm. they were expensive as well. I remember mm. them being sort of like 13 shillings or so a pair, which was... I don't know, what's that, 60, 65 pence or something now? Mm. Which was a mm. lot of money then, mm. back mm. when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Also, yeah. you've only got to look at them and they would ladder. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, that's right. And I remember being told off at school, which I thought was most unreasonable for having laddered stockings. But it's like, well, it's not my fault. It's the way they're made. Absolutely. And did, did, dabbing, did, 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 dabbing nail polish on yes, them to stop yes, them running. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way clear nail varnish to stop them running. I mean, it is very good. It still works, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> but, um, it does. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It does, except the stocking stick to your legs, don't they? Because yes. the nail polish yes. hardens. You've got to sort of yes. rip them away at the end of the yes. day. Horrible, horrible, yeah. horrible. Yeah. But no, yes, oh, thank goodness that the tights came in. Because they were revolutionary, weren't they? I mean, it was oh, a were. different experience when they came in. Um, but 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 we did wear nylons for quite a long time. And I, and, yeah. you know, I think about it with my mother. She used to have these sort of roll-on things that she, <gasps> she would wear. Do you remember I those roll-ons? So they were sort yeah. of uh, between a corset and, 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 and one of those sort of belts, weren't they? They, they were, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can see her now in them, you know. Yeah. And they must oh. have been uncomfortable. And she certainly didn't need to have a roll-on because she was very slim, as a lot of other women were. But no, you had to, yeah. had to sort of wear these things, didn't they? Well, they mm. did, because I, I, it flattened the stomach, I suppose, didn't it? Yes. Um, that that was the whole point of it. But mm. thank God I never had to wear one. It's sort of, I suppose we do now, don't we, where I have in my in the past bought uh, Spanx, you know, that kind yes, of Spanx, that's right. control, oh, control mm. pants to hold mm. you in a bit. Mm. Uh, but nothing as fierce as my mother's roll on. No. Oh. And and I do remember my, my because my grandmother lived with us and my great gran actually bless her oh. um, and I was only about four or five when they were there and I can remember my great gran as well wearing this huge corset this huge really? contraption of a corset I mean it was about five steps up from a roll on I mean oh, it really no. was so I I suppose for them that was a hangover from Victorian times wasn't it it it, 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 it the sort of they reduced as time went on didn't they they went down to the roll on and then eventually to, to nothing at all. But it was a huge sort of um, orange corset thing. And it really was right under her sort of breast, right down to sort of, yeah. you know, um, the, the, the tops of her thighs. Huge thing, horrible, that she used to have to sort of hoist herself into. Oh, my goodness. Gosh, gosh. isn't it? So mm. despite having horrible bras, I suppose you're quite lucky. Mind you, mm. did you get in the vile bras you used to get from the draper shop, did you end up mm. with big grooves in your shoulders because yes. all the weight was carried on yes. the sh- I just remember having massive, mm. massive, massive dents in my shoulders mm. where the mm. bra straps cut in. Mm. Yes, I mean, they it were vile. They were horrible things, weren't they, really? I, I used to yeah. call them over-shoulder over boulder holders. Boulder holders, yes. <laughs> and, and I mean, they were just sort of, you know, they, they really were painful, weren't they? Um, they by were. comparison, these days, we get such a lot of different types of bras, don't we? And you can find something that suits you and is comfortable, but um, no. Absolutely. And the design is the design's so much better now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And, and, yeah, we can just walk into any kind of chain shop on the high street and buy something that fits yes and and some things have got worse haven't they but this underwear has got better Mm. absolutely 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 but as you say i totally understand about about the tights and things because i tend to wear um you know trousers most of the time really unless i have to and i just find tights really uncomfortable i just don't like Mm -hmm. even if they're the right size i just don't like them because I just find them a bit restricting or they you know they'll start to come down at the crotch or something like oh I can't be doing with them oh yeah and all that sort of trying to heave them up as you're yes. walking down the road without looking like you're like you're heaving them some sort of obscene yeah. act yeah I know. yeah no no they're not I often think about that when I look at people you know who obviously maybe are I don't know I'm saying office workers but you know what I mean people who who have to sort of look uh, to wear skirts or something most of the time and I just mm. think oh I'm so sorry for you every day you've got to sort of wear wear tights do you have a problem with them or is it just me that has a problem with tights I don't know but they, they're not that comfortable I don't think oh. No, certainly not my favourite item of um. Mm. Of but clothing. you used to. I mean, in in another life, you must have worn them quite a lot. 
you know, when, when you were doing well, you know, what, when you were doing, doing your other dancing. Jobs. What? Yes, that darling, I remember that one. You know, <laughs> yeah, doing your fandango. But you know, because you, you you used to go and do a job where you know you had to kind of dress up and look very very smart. Did you wear tights a lot then, or did you wear trousers? Uh, well, both, not not both at the same time, obviously, no, but tights, no. I generally wear it's sort of like thick six to denia black tights. That's, mm. yep, marks and sparks. Mm. Um, and it is boots. lovely when you find a comfortable pair, isn't it? <clears throat> Absolutely. Actually, Absolutely. Buy, they become like old friends, don't they? They do indeed. They do indeed. Yeah. Yes. You don't want to say goodbye to them. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, liberty bodices then. I'm glad that, I'm glad it wasn't just me wearing them. No, no, no. It was. It, it definitely wasn't. It was me as well. It was me as well. Um, Good. Hmm. Yes. So, so there we. I, 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 I can't think that I was ever given anything else. It was. I think it was my grandmother. You see, my grandmother lived with us, and I think she was the one that probably produced the Liberty Bodice, um, out of, out, out of a cupboard somewhere. But my she was a seamstress. She might even have made it for me. For all I know. Oh, so. Um, so yeah, she was she was a great seamstress. Not something as a skill that I've inherited from my dear grandmama, I have to say. Um, <sighs> but um, uh, yeah, I tend to you know put a needle in with one hand and pull it out with the other. I I, I don't have a flair for uh, for being a seamstress or embroidery or anything like that. No, no me neither. Me neither. Um, but there you are. Now mm. the other exciting thing I've done. Oh yes. Since we last spoke, is yes. I have booked myself a hearing test. Oh. Oh, can you hear me? All right. What? Yes, no, I can. But this was uh, this is mostly because I got an email from Boots on account of my advanced age saying, you know, they might as well have done it in capitals, might know, shut, listen, can you hear me? About the time you had a hearing test, what, eh? So um, best to book it online, you won't be able to cope with the phone. So, yeah, yeah, I've booked a hearing test. So you booked I, it? So when, you, when yeah. are you going? Oh, when are you going quite uh, soon? Uh, sometime this month, I think. Oh gosh, how yep. exciting! How exciting! And 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 um, do, you know, do they tell you anything about the hearing test or, or not? You just sort of turn up and they do things to you. Uh, well, I suppose so. Yes. I, um, now, why? Why? I've had because a... you, oh, you know, do, do you feel you've got a problem? I mean, I know you got the email through. You did, but do you feel you've got any problem with the hearing or not? Well, I don't know about you, but off. I I think I can hear people all right, mm. but off late, there are a few times we've put the subtitles on the telly. Do you ever do that? Yeah, yeah occasionally, occasionally. Uh, okay. And but this is because obviously you you feel you can't hear whatever you're watching. It, yeah, I think it's because so the we have you watched Succession? Have you seen Succession? No, haven't seen that. Oh, bloody marvelous! Um, but they talk quite fast in it, mm. and I think some of it might be speed, and some of it might be. I think there's just a few, a few TV shows where maybe the sounds not good mm. or they mumble mm. a bit. I don't mm. know. There mm. was some program, wasn't there, that was famous for yes, it was definitely Demoria one. Was it, it Jamaica Inn? Not that long, oh, a few oh, years ago now, yeah. and it was slated, and it was basically because of the sound recording, and people could not hear. You literally could not hear anything. But that was the, the sound recording, and it was really awful. Um, it, it, yeah, but I do think that sometimes that's that is what happens to television and films. I find sometimes if I go to films, it's like people are mumbling, and they they, they you know, and I I'm amazed that they get away with it. That the director or whatever will allow it to sort of happen. Um, it's mm. like you know, the less that they speak, the, the more impressive they are. They think, but it's actually not true. Just a bit of articulation 
can help hugely. So I don't think it's I don't think it's just um, your concern about hearing. I think sometimes the way things are recorded is not good. And I think it's something to do with the fact, you know, you've got directors and writers, they know what the script is inside out, but they forget that the person who's watching it's the first time they've yeah. heard it, you know. So yep. it's, um, yeah, it's, I don't think Laurence Olivier would be pleased with some of the diction um, that, that, that goes on, actually. Well, I should be interested to see if I do have a hearing problem. I went mm. for a hearing test about, oh, I suppose it was about 20 years ago. Mm. Um, and... At the end of it, the, the person said, you know, can I just ask you, tell me again why, you know, why you're here? Mm. And I said, well, my children here, tell here, me that there's something here, wrong here, with sorry. my hearing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I just said the kids tell me there's something wrong with my hearing. Mm. And he said, are they teenagers? So I said, yes. He said, no. He says, nothing wrong with your hearing. You've got teenage <laughs> children and they mumble. Yes. yes, that's right. <laughs> so I said, can I have a certificate? <laughs> <laughs> Take this home, put it on the wall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to prove it's not me, it's them. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's the world of television that's buggered. And I, I, I do think it. I, I think it can be because you know some things are absolutely fine, aren't they? And then others, you do have real difficulty. And um, and sometimes it cannot be everybody. It can be one or two people, and you know it's to do with the quality. Yeah. And some people, weirdly enough, and being an actor that I am. Um, you know, it, it's just about delivery and and where people are speaking in their mouth. If you understand, if if if, yeah. if they're swallowing their words, it's really difficult. But if you're somebody that actually tends to speak at the front of your mouth, the likelihood is you will be heard, no matter how low you are. So I think sometimes it, it can be can be do with that, do with that well, as well. It's an interesting thing because I mm. never have a problem hearing anyone on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and usually when I'm listening to the radio, I'm doing something else. I'm not even giving it all my concentration. Mm-hmm. But it's, of course, it's very it's different something... on radio because you're speaking directly into the microphone, just as we're speaking into a oh, microphone of now. Whereas, of course, if you're in film or TV, you've got a boom operator who's who's booming in on top of you. So, so you're, it's not yeah, as acute. Course, it's yeah. not as acute. Um, yeah. And uh, but again, you know, that really is up to the sound people. That's what they're paid for to make sure that it's. Uh, you can be heard, really. You know, or you tell an actor to speak up. <laughs> well, uh, it, well, like I said, it could just be me. It was very exciting watching, or interesting watching the subtitles on Succession because it's a famously sweary series. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So, the, so there are um, expletives all over the screen, basically. Ah, uh, it was it was um, an effing gala of effing f's, really. Gosh. So, yeah, really, really funny. I suppose we didn't really need the the subtitles. No, I was going way, to say you probably didn't because you knew. Nine, you know, you could probably ninety percent really of ninety percent of vocabulary was just one word used as a noun, an adverb, and an adjective. <laughs> oh gosh, how funny! Oh, it's gosh, a really good I'm, series. I shall have to tune into this. I shall have to tune in. Oh, I think it's um, it's terrific. It's a really, really, really good series. But if you do watch it. Yeah. Tell me whether or not you need the subtitles. Yes, yes absolutely. Be... I shall do this and then we can prove it one way or the other, can't we? You know, because yeah. I think my hearing's all right. I think it is. Um, you are. I... <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. So uh, I shall do that. I shall be fascinated, actually. Hmm. Hmm. Well, so, you know, we, 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 uh, we were chatting the other day and, and talking about um, women who'd inspired us. And we thought mm. we might sort of have a think about you know, we have a chat about that today, didn't we? You know, we did. We did. I mean, 
You go first. You go first. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, um, so there's a woman who inspired me that nobody will have heard of. Mm. Um, but her name is Frances Harrison. And she mm. was, when I worked donkeys years ago in my 20s uh, in the health service, mm. she was a really senior um, nursing officer. Mm. And I think it was at the beginning of nurses becoming very senior managers. And she was brilliant. She was the first person to show me that women could manage, that they could be really effective managers. She was mm. very, very easy in her role. Yeah. Um, and she, at the same time, didn't put up with any crap from mm. mostly men who thought that women should stay with taking um, taking people's temperatures and removing bedpans. Mm. Um, and she was very, very uh, thoughtful. She mentored me unofficially mm. for quite a while. I think she just spotted that I was not sure how to proceed. I was in a you know, reasonably senior, junior role. Mm. Um, and she, she was a great, great help to me. And mm. I've never forgotten her because mm. it was so important at that point in my career to see mm. a woman succeeding mm. and this was I suppose the early 80s or something mm. and it was sufficiently unusual enough for sure. a woman to be succeeding sure. at a very senior management role that mm. it really stuck in my mind yes. and uh, yeah I gave her name to my younger daughter as one of her middle names oh that is lovely Janie mm. but yeah. but so she was a brilliant role model and, and sort of did it effortlessly really in a way um, yeah, yeah, which, seemed to. She mm. she just get out a fag, puff away, and sort things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just, just yeah. do it. Yeah, she was brilliant. So, who's inspired you? Yeah, uh, the first one that comes to mind is is a wonderful teacher that I had. Her name is Joyce really? Wood, and mm-hmm. she is the reason that you know I I became an actor because I come from a non theatrical family. It was just that she was a very um, I was a very shy child. And I wasn't particularly academically bright, but she was one of those wonderful teachers that really observed her pupils and was looking for positives in them to nurture. Mm-hmm. And I think she sort of saw in me that I got some facility, um, uh, you know, with words, basically. Um, and uh, I can remember that she we used to occasionally have to stand up in class and read poems and things like that. And I think she must have thought, I mean, fortunately, I've been blessed with being a good sight reader. Um, and uh, I think she saw that I had a sort of facility for it and so she would just gently push me and urge me to do things and she was she was great because we used to do lots of drama um, pieces and, and festivals and things like that at school and she was always encouraging me to do that and she was the one that gave me confidence um to become an actor really really she because she she well why can't you if you if that's what you want to do because I decided at the age of 11 that I wanted to be an actor and that it was her inspiration I mean she used to take us all to Stratford-upon-Avon to see the plays. I mean, it wasn't just plays. I mean, she'd take us to the Halley Orchestra in Manchester and, uh, you know, we'd hear wonderful music and to the ballet. And we were young when she did that. She, You know, we'd get in our Bostock Bostock coaches, I remember, and we'd all go off. She was determined that we would all experience it. Um, And, um, yeah, so she was a great inspiration. And she just taught me to believe in myself. You know, if you want to do it, you can do it. And, again, it was unusual because we're talking about really the late 60s, Janie, aren't we? Early 70s. And, you know, I came from a place where 
you know, you'd be a, you were not that there's anything wrong with being a secretary. Please don't get me wrong, or a teacher. But she allowed she she said no, think out the box. If that's what you want to do, then you have a go. And uh, she just encouraged me all the time and opened doors for me and used to do lambda exams. And I don't know, she just gave me a lot of confidence. Um, and um, so, yeah, and she was an unusual woman. She she was, she, 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 with all of us, actually, you know, we'd have quite philosophical conversations in some of her English literature classes. And she always wanted to know our opinions, what we thought about Goodness. something, which actually, again, was That quite was very unusual at the time. You know, yeah. And I think it gave us all a confidence in our own ability and our own voices, maybe. So, yes, she sadly, she died. Um, she was only in her 50s when she died. And, oh, good um, grief. She, she, she got cancer. But I, I had at least achieved quite a lot by then. And I was at drama school and she saw me do all that. And I, I always remember her writing me a lovely note um, saying, you know, once you've left drama school, because it wasn't long after that she died, she said, I hope when you're in some lofty theatre that you will look down and you'll think of me. And I, oh. I, again, I've never forgotten that, you know, when she was really inspirational, really inspirational. So, so yeah, she, she, she was a bit like your lady, you know, mm. um, just by example. And she was unusual. She was an unusual woman. Mm. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, how these women were unusual. Mm. For, their stood out for their time. Yeah. For yeah. their time. And yeah. she she did all sorts of things. She wrote wonderful books, children's books, and um yeah, she she was a great musician herself as oh. well. I, I, again, a woman before her time. She adored Italy. I remember she took us all to Florence when we were about eleven. I mean, it was Goodness. quite a thing to take a you know a bunch of eleven, twelve year olds because it was quite a responsibility. But she was determined for us to have that, those experiences. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. Mm. So who else for you? Who else for you? Well, this is a bit controversial, I think. Mm. But another person who's inspired me, actually specifically about doing this podcast, is Diane Abbott. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Because one of the things that concerned me about doing this is that, you know, I'm a writer. I don't stick my head above the parapet. I write stuff. Mm. I send you and other people out on stage to do it while I stay at home and watch the Channel 4 racing or whatever. Um. (laughs) And I don't always agree with everything Diane Abbott says, but I think she's very brave. You know, I, I was reading that during that um, that election campaign in 2017, mm. she was the subject of just about half of all the abusive tweets mm. that were sent about female MPs. Mm. And mm. she gets 10 times more crap like that than any other MP. Mm. And it's not stuff about you know, her policies, it's not people mm. arguing politely about, you know, I don't agree with your stand on nuclear power or whatever. It's people, mm. it's people sending horrible, horrible things about because she's a woman and because mm. she's a woman of colour and mm. awful, awful threats. I think it, it, the am- that amount of abuse, I cannot even begin to imagine it. Yeah. And I think she's so yeah. brave because mm. she's still there. She's still mm. saying what she believes in. Mm. And despite this torrent of filth mm. that, that you, comes you, into her. No, that is so admirable because I, I, I've often thought, how do you cope? I'm not sure that I would be brave enough. Not even brave, no. but it's just having, uh, you know, the thick enough skin to be able to absorb all that and still carry yeah. on. It, you know, you have to be really yeah. tough to do that, don't you? Um, you do. Or have a sense of belief so much in what you want yeah. to do that that overrides yeah. the 
the abuse. But yep. it, it's it's a very striking part of a personality and a character to be able to do yep. that, isn't it? I think mm. so. I think she's a brave woman. Yeah. Mm. So who else is on your list? Who else is on my list? Uh, well, funny enough, my grandmother. Um, uh, oh, really? Um, my mother, yeah. Well, she was she was 100 when she died. And she mm. was, um, as I say before, she lived with us from when I was four. But she was just an extraordinary, again, I don't know, she was a very direct and loving, lovely person. And she was just fun. And she... She gave me, I think, a sense of self, of me, you know, that, oh. that I was, I'm trying to explain, but that, that, you know, she saw me, she saw me and she right. enjoyed me and she encouraged me, but she was just great fun. I mean, you know, she'd, I could remember when I was very little in the lounge, she'd make lovely tents, she'd upturn chairs and find old rugs and blankets and, and she'd just make sort of wonderful little little tent areas for me to explore she was just really good fun she understood children um and she wanted to engage with with all that and she she made uh she was a great cook apart from being a seamstress she was a great cook and um she'd make things like um nettle beer um and we lived on a farm and she'd put the nettle beer you know in in the um I don't know what nettle beer is, Sonny. What's nettle Well, beer? it's just beer made out of nettle, really. I oh, mean, okay. Nettle, it's, 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 that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the sweetest, it's the most lovely thing. And she used to make bottles of this stuff and she'd stick it in the pantry, which was quite a big pantry at the farm. And, and every now and again, the, you'd hear bottles exploding because obviously they were fermented <laughs> and they would explode in the pantry. But she was just, she was just great fun, you know. And um, she was very loving and warm and kind and always on my side. And um, she's just somebody I remember with great love. And because she was born in 1888, um, she'd seen such a, a, a huge um, change in life. I mean, when she was a, a young girl, she used to just, you know, have a horse and trap and she'd travel miles in a horse and trap. She loved Goodness. horses. And then when she was in her 70s, she uh, she had cousins who were in Canada. She boarded a Boeing 707 and went off to Toronto. And you Get think out. of the, the expanse of you know, what she'd discovered and yeah. what she'd seen in life. The changes had been absolutely huge. But no, I it was her kindness and her warmth and her heart. Um, and I, I I treasure those memories. And I, I think that's, I hope anyway, it's something that she, she gave to me. But no, I, I, I did admire her in the way that she dealt with life. Her husband died, my granddad died um, when she was in her 60s. And, and the way she just coped with everything was, um, she was very philosophical. Uh, that is, and, uh, that, yeah. I mean, that is an extraordinary woman. thing to have mm. kind of explored your boundaries in a horse and trap. To yes. I'm going yeah. to fly to Canada, absolutely, in one lifetime. Yeah, yeah. some people fly to the moon, and you know, yeah, huge, yeah. huge changes that she had seen. You know, huge changes. and took it on board. Yeah, and just took it on on board, and she was just the warmest, kindest, most loving woman, and and um, I treasure that memory. Mm. Hmm. Well. Um, Yes. Yeah. What, what? What? Anybody else for you? Or, or, or? Uh, yeah. I I have got another person. Um, this is someone I used to work with donkeys years ago. Whose name is Wasfi Kalani, hmm. and she um, she founded an opera company in the late eighties that took opera into well into country houses, sure, but also into prisons. Okay. And what she do is taken trained opera singers to sing the main parts and then prisoners would be you know the chorus and the minor parts mm. and 
she did that in Wormwood Scrubs. She did it in Wands of Prison. She did oh, in a number of, she still does it in a number of different prisons. Wow. And I think what's, what's amazing about that is that the people in the prisons actually got to do something completely different that they could excel at, that they could be part of, see mm. something new in themselves. And also she got something like, I think, 50 or 60,000 members of the public who wouldn't normally be in, to go into a prison to go in to see the performances. Wow. So, you know, I remember going to ones with prison to see Guys and Dolls. And that's <laughs> that's quite a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's, she also forms, uh, she's got another opera company called Grange Park Opera, which is the posh, like country house opera. And mm-hmm. that's a not-for-profit, but she uses the proceeds to fund the work that she does in hosp- in, um, in prisons and also in primary schools. And the thing that I really admire about her is that she's not afraid to go to the top. So mm. when she wanted to go into prisons, she phoned the chief inspector of prisons. Mm. She didn't fanny about like I would have done with mm. some mm. junior civil servant or some mm. somebody in a call centre. She mm. got the name of the person at the top and mm. phoned them and mm. talked to them, and and you know she got them to agree. Mm. Um, mm. And it's the same with with setting up the opera company, you know, the, the the country house opera. She, mm. yeah. She phoned the one she's got now is set up in the house that Bamba Gascoigne inherited. So she just oh, phoned right. Bamba Gascoigne and yeah. said, "How about it?" Mm. And so, I, again, she's she's a real inspiration because she's mm. made things happen mm. by just by just going to the top and not being afraid to speak to people. Mm. 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 Yeah, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Yeah, and she's still going. About, say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still going Fantastic. strong. She's still going strong. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, it's having that self-belief, isn't it? And um, I don't know if it's self-belief, but it's what's right. You know, I mean, going to the top. Absolutely. This is what we need to do. Not going to, yeah. you know, shilly-shally about. If we, don't, yeah. if we don't succeed, we don't succeed. But let's go straight to the top and deal with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. She's very persuasive. Mm. So mm. what about you? Have you got another one? I've got, yes. I mean, again, there are so many women, aren't there, Janie, when you aren't when there? you stop and think, which is marvellous, you know, and I think maybe yeah. we could have another session on some of this as well. But um, I, I, the, the other person that really has been such a profound influence in my life is my partner, Sue um, ah. Wilson. And, and really, she, a director, um, uh, but an early female director, if you like, because she yeah. came to, she started being a director um, in the seventies when there were very few female directors, and um, she just decided that that's what she wanted to do. And yes, it wasn't easy, but again, just just went through. You know, she she got on the Thames Director mm. Scheme and went off to the the, the theatre in in Liverpool where she became a trainee director, and she never looked back from there. And she started her own theatre companies, and she. She started Southampton Theatre, and it was very unusual at the time for a woman to be doing that. Yeah. But but people always loved working with her, or love working with her, because, yeah. again, she had that ability um, just to be direct. You know, the, the fact that she was a female d- didn't matter. She had no ego about that. The, the, the important yes. thing was getting the work done and yeah. and really you know enjoyed working with the actors. And she's a great example to me of somebody who, she's my partner, but, but aside from that, of, of a woman who just things this is what I want I, I remember she said her father said to her when she was very young you know if you want to do something what's the worst that can happen can they kill you no you just have a go you just have a go yeah. and that philosophy sort of I think stayed with her and has stayed with her um so um 
yeah, I, she's somebody that I admire greatly um, because it was not easy in the 70s to um, establish herself as a woman. And she did really, really well. I mean, I think if she started out much later, she she would have done a lot of really amazing things because women were, mm. I mean, there were no, you know, theatre directors of the National Theatre no. or, or no. Shakespeare, anything no. like that when she started out. Um, and, um, I mean, when I was at drama school, there was a lovely young female director called Buzz Goodbody who was at the RSC, mm. and she had a really tough time because she found it was a very male-dominated environment and it was quite hard to surface. And I think you do have to have a special personality to be able to do that, don't you? But anyway, so, so yes, yeah, so I would say my lovely partner, Sue. And I, I second that. She's a, she's an incredibly generous person as well. Mm. You know, both in her personal life and as a, and to work with her as a director. Mm. She's so generous with her time. She's very encouraging, her, isn't she? And her thoughts so encouraging to writers, mm. to actors, to mm. stage management people, to everybody. She is a very good sort. Mm. And mm. Um, three mm. cheers for Sue. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Brilliant. I suppose, I, suppose um, I could do with a cup of tea. I don't know about you. I, I think uh, gin and tonic, tonic, I think, darling. Gin and tonic. <laughs> gin and tonic. Gin and tonic and a chocolate biscuit. That's for me. Oh. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grey podcast. If you'd like to see behind-the-scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grey podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter, at One Stiletto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time! <laughs> <laughs>